Hey guys, welcome back to the channel. Um, I'm Mark Headley. Welcome to another episode of Mark and Mitch Make a Scientology Film. Let's get Mitch in here. There he is. Hey, there Mark. We go. Hey, guys. Hey, Mitch. How's it going, man? Uh, pretty good. It's good. Awesome. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm particularly excited about this uh, film. This was, uh, this was the first film we shot when we got into the big studio. That's right. This um, yeah. this Scientology internal film was called TR five YTRs. Right. And this, and you're right. We built uh, up until this point. Um, we were shooting at Golden Air Productions. We were shooting in a tiny studio called the Gym, which was a really, really small. It was really not even as big as a TV standard TV studio. It was very, very small. Um, and then we were shooting at the that Air Force Base uh, called the Norton Air Force Base uh, near near Ontario. And then we were shooting. Um, we built during that whole time in the late nineties, we were building this big giant building at the international headquarters of Scientology, um, called the Cine Castle, the cinematography castle. And the castle was about probably about the studio two, itself was 22,000 square feet. The building itself was about 85,000. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, the, the studio was about 200. I think it was about 200 yards long and about a hundred yards wide. Yeah, it was and, pretty big. And, and, and it was <clears throat> and as equally as important. It was 60 feet to what they call the grid or the greens up to yeah, where you hung it, lights from. Yeah. And it was a free span sound stage. So there were no pillars. It was a steel structure. So right. the entire studio had no supports in the middle of the studio. So you could, <clears throat> you could set up, a lot of small sets and you could certainly set up um two or three really really big sets and then also it had a hard or, or, or one ginormous set which is yes. what we did on that's right we here. well we yeah. in the studio one corner of the studio was a hard uh what's called a cyclorama or a psych wall and it's one of these ones that, <clears throat> excuse me, that goes from the floor and then it graduates into the, the wall and it's just a, a continuous um, surface. <clears throat> yeah. And we painted that, I think want to say we painted that blue. We, it was, it was a big kerfluffle over whether we, it, we would have it as a green screen or we would have it as a blue screen. <laughs> and I think. I can't remember. I think we actually ended up having it green for yeah. Isaac because um, when you're shooting with um, black people, they have a lot of blue or purple in their uh, skin tones in their skin. And if you shoot them against blue, then it, it's right. really a nightmare with the lighting. So I can't, I, I want to say we did a blue screen, but I think we did a green screen with Isaac. Yeah, no, it, 100%. I have some pictures when we, it was actually from, from the time, second time we shot it, but you can see. The and it green was green. Okay, yeah. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. And they used yeah. to, they used to tout it as the, uh, the biggest green screen at any studio in Southern California, which. Well, I made that up, so I don't know that. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I was the was one like, who would do the tours of the studio when right. we first built it. So I was like, it's the largest free span soundstage in, um, I used to say in California, and then um, one of the largest in the United States is what oh, I would I used say. to say in North America. <laughs> but it was all just, 
It was like yeah, we, we knew yes. we'd been to other big stages, and it was yeah. bigger than those. So we were like, yeah, it's one of well, the biggest. And, 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 <laughs> in all fairness, it was in the top 20%. But you're talking about measuring it against studios like Warner Brothers that had 15 stages that were close to that size and then a yeah. few that were bigger. And yeah, so we it was sort of silly that we had the biggest, but we only had yeah. one. <laughs> and we also didn't have the the green screen. We almost didn't have the psychorama because the audio department was convinced that it would ruin the sound. They didn't realize that you don't actually record sound in the studio. You record sound in a set in the studio. <laughs> yeah. So it was. I had to fight for that thing. I so remember I wanted, it. it was such a nightmare. Yeah, this yeah, building so, and building this thing. Um, there might actually um, be another video that I'll do about the construction of this with the construction people that were there at the international headquarters. But not only did it take many, many years longer than they planned it to take, it cost millions and millions of dollars more than they thought. And even there was even one single incident of a contractor that was working on the studio. I, I want to say one single contractor stole over $300,000. Just that was one. And there were other things that happened. There was, oh my God, this, it was a shit show building this thing. But regardless, this film, TR5 YTRs, was the very first film that we shot in right. this studio. And, and it was us proving that we could use a studio that size because on the first film we shot against the green screen. We used every square inch of it. It was like, you know, there was, you know, cause you, could you imagine if we had shot a small film inside there, we would have all been like toast. Like we would. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. we, we, this, we had, so for, I for, for this film, there, there's a space platform, the narrator of the film narrates it from a platform a, a circular platform that's just in space it has its yeah. own atmosphere it has its Somehow, own gravity it's fine. yeah and there's it's not in a, it's not in a, it's not in anything it's just on a it's just like if you had a it was a space patio that's essentially what it was it was just it, a space a remote space patio it was a hangout hangout yeah. in space yeah, and it had its own oxygen, and it had gravity, uh, and it had—I um, uh, guess it had light as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was some some future technology that we know nothing about. Um, you know, I just remembered I watched your last spy files. You know, our our dear friend Eric Spicer—he he worked on the special effects on this film. He did. He this yeah. was um, yeah. well, it's because we had green screen that automatically made every single shot that we shot against a green screen that made it a special effects shot which means right. we got extra points for it yeah yeah i think they're still counting the points from that film and but you know what's funny is that um you want to talk about who got cast as the main narrator of the film oh yeah i mean i think and it's how that interest. came to be I think that's very, very interesting. Uh, first, I'd like to just mention one thing about the message of the film. Yeah. Get into the cast. So you have to understand the basic message of this film is the premise of the film is that a 15-year-old kid, white kid, because, you know, everybody in Scientology is white pretty much, except for us kids. Um, it, it, he, he comes, he dies, drops the body. He picks up another body on another planet, a, a primitive planet that doesn't have Scientology. 
And the whole message of the film is that if you don't learn your Scientology now, you might die and come back on a planet without Scientology, and you will be expected to get Scientology going on that planet, and you won't know what you're doing. So you need to spend your time and your money right now during this lifetime making sure that this doesn't happen to you, right? Yeah, so, and not only do you need to know it, you need to know it so well that whatever yeah. you do end up remembering in your next lifetime, it, you need yeah. to know it so well that whatever little you remember, you'll still be able to start Scientology yeah, over you'll start, on a whole nother planet from scratch. Yeah, he helped them to build an e-meter. Um, yes. he, he taught how to do TRs and he gave lectures on Scientology. He taught them how to do assists, like touch assist, feel my finger, which I can't remember what it was in the alien language that we created, but there People would say it would be like da 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 whatever that was. People would actually say that. Yeah, uh, and so, yeah, that was, was the other was thing that crazy. that Mitch worked with the talent department, and they actually there was a book. Um, I was it a book that was written about how they created the the Star Trek. Well, yeah, language? I found no, it wasn't Star Trek. It was another video game. I can't remember the name of it. It was a very popular video game back in the nineties, and it took place on a, on a on a very sort of arboreal civilization, kind of you know, kind of a Tolkien-esque, but on another planet. And they had a, developed that the authors of the game had worked out a basic language. So I read that, and I realized, well, this is too much work. But based on that, we worked out about 200 sounds. I'm going to back up a second, because what Hubbard wrote in the script was, they're speaking an alien language, but you can't hear them. And he would often write these things where, like, make your head spin. They were impossible. Well, how would you know it's an alien language if you can't hear them? Yeah. He says he's speaking in an alien language. Therefore, you have to project that. You have to get that message across. So it's crazy. And you can't just say to Miscavige or whoever, oh, this is just crazy. I'm not going to do it that way. You have to. So, you know, I I created this language. And then I said, okay, which way do you want it? Do you want to hear them or not hear them? Then when they see it, they're like, oh, yeah, we want to hear them. So, but you can't ahead of time say that, no, that'll never work. You have to show. That's right. And I think, and and from what I remember, at least on the first one, the narrator would do his spiel and then we'd cut away to the kid training the people and the narrator's VO would still be playing over that. And you'd hear that language sort of in the background of the narrator. It may fade out or you hear it very low, but yeah, you know, 90% of all of the dialogue in the film, either Isaac's narration or Isaac on camera. Yes. And there'd just be little clips of of exchange and some gobbledygook. That's right. You know, They'd be like, uh, you know, it was like land. It was like Chaka from Land of the Lost. He'd be like, Uga ta ta ta. And you'd be like, okay. And that, that was the best one is because even sometimes the kid would mess up in the alien language. He'd he didn't fumble matter. the line. Yeah. And the talent people would be like, oh, he didn't say that. I'd be like, no one fucking Yeah, it doesn't cares. matter. Okay. Yeah. Like, no, no, not once did an actor say, oh, I went up on my line. Yeah. Made some stuff up. And yeah, he wasn't like on. boom chakalaka, boom chakalaka, and they're like, "Oh no, it's boom chakalaka, boom." And you're like, "No, no, it's fine. We don't care." <laughs> right. like, don't right. care. But it was very convincing. I wish I had a recording of it because it was, uh, it was really convincing. Yeah, and so everyone so, who had any sort of line in the film would have to practice the the alien language. Right. And most people only had a line or two. The yeah. kid had. Uh, maybe 20 or 30 lines that he'd have yeah, to he interact had, he had, Yeah, he had to do like 
public lectures where he might go on for 15 or 20 seconds before yeah. then the, the, the narration would come in. And so, yeah, the narrator was played by Isaac Hayes. So I think we might want to, uh, yeah, I don't know that, that everybody knows anymore uh, who Isaac Hayes is. Uh, I think we probably, here, let me just, we probably, there you go. This is Isaac Hayes. He was in this film uh, with Nicholas um, uh, Kitchen and, uh, and Bridget Fonda called It Could Happen to You. This was a few years before we made this film with Isaac. Yeah. And in, in the film, he plays the, uh, the, news, the guy at the corner who, who sells newspapers in a stand, like in Manhattan. He's, his name is Angel something, and he's actually an angel, and he's the one who narrates this film. Nice. Occasionally he comes in and he tells stories and, and, but tr he's acting behind the scenes as like a supernatural force making the story happen. So really lovely romantic comedy. If you've never seen it, it's worth watching. And I had seen this film and I was really impressed with Isaac's performance. And then when I got this, a hold of this script, I was like, Hey, we're going to make this movie um, or this film. You don't call them movies. Uh, Movies are what people watch when they eat popcorn. At least this yes. is way more serious. Uh, remember, you kind of get in trouble for calling it a movie. People look at you like, I said a movie. That's a film. That's right. It actually was. That was a real thing. If you called a yeah. Scientology um, film a movie, it was sort of like disrespecting the film. Yeah. This is L. Ron Hubbard's technology. Yeah. And um, it was just if you called like, it a okay. video, it was even worse. But yeah. But either way, um, when we, yeah, I, I, I really liked his performance. And so when I got the script, yeah, I thought, oh, you know, this, you know, the, the, the script described this guy as a wise old spaceman with a, a white beard and white hair, you know, kind of like Gandalf without a hat, like an yeah. old wizardy kind of guy. And I, and I thought, I just met Isaac and I saw, I remembered this film and I went, oh, let's do Isaac. That would be so much, that would just be cool to have this this wise old spaceman being played by, you know, Black uh, Moses. And like, Isaac was just beloved individually, Oscar winning uh, singer songwriter. And he'd acted in probably 20 or 30 films. As a matter of fact, that's how he got into Scientology. Yeah. And I was going to say at this time, um, we hadn't really shot with a lot of uh, black actors in Scientology no. and specifically in the films. We had Michael D. Roberts and then whatever int base staff would play little right. background or just in terms a, of uh, real actors. I mean, the only not, two yeah. was Isaac and Michael. Yeah. And so, um, and David Miscavige during this time was making a definite, uh, definite effort to show the black community that there were black Scientologists and there were black celebrities in this thing. So, I mean, Mitch could do no wrong su suggesting that Isaac play this yeah, main part. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just want to add to that, that essentially what was happening is that Scientology was becoming so hated amongst white culture that Miscavige was looking for white American culture that he was looking for other types of communities, kinds of communities, uh, to bring introduce Scientology to because he thought they were less PTS. Like he wanted to open Russia and China, you know, because he felt that these other countries' reputational um, uh, function, of, you know, the reputational negativity of Scientology hadn't caught up with those yet. So he was starting to go after the black folks. Um, and I, I unwittingly, I helped him do that. Yeah. So Isaac was the main um, actor, right. the narrator. 
Right. And then the, the 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 kid who's born on this other planet, that actor, and the first time we shot this was played by um, a Scientology child actor named Johnny Lewis. And Johnny Lewis, I mean, uh, we shot this around the 2000, like around 2000 or 1999, Yeah, I think we shot it in uh, 1999, two, I think it was 2000. Yeah, uh, so I think so Johnny Dan- was, he was 15. Yeah, f- yeah, fifteen or sixteen. Whenever we shot yeah. it, I, I know he yeah. was. Um, yeah, he was. He was a. He was in his. He was a teenager, regardless of if he was fifteen yeah. or sixteen and or seventeen. We'd done a couple of things with him. He was a terrifically talented young man. And then he actually went on, um, not related um, to Jeffrey Lewis or Juliette Lewis. No. His father, his mother, and father were people, uh, were Scientologists that. Um, they got people into Scientology. They kind of yeah, did they were professional Scientologists. Yeah, they were. They did introductory auditing and counseling with people, and then they would get them in to Scientology. And yeah, that I, was, I think his mom ran a school. Isn't that right? Did she run one of the Scientology schools for a while? I think she either did tutoring she, at one of those schools or worked she, at one I of those think, schools. Wasn't she the Lewis and Lewis Carroll? Um, she may have been. I don't. Yeah. I didn't know a lot about his mom. I knew his dad did yeah. these seminars at l- the Celebrity Center on how to get people in, yeah. or how to land commercials, or right. how to have a successful family. Um, oddly enough, um, Johnny ended up be um, kind of not doing a lot in Scientology, really, but he grew up in it, and then. Right. He became a professional actor, and he was on TV shows and did films. And I think he ended up getting a part on um, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, he was then, one of the co-stars of Sons of Anarchy. He was actually one of the favorite characters on there. In terms of the fan base, they loved Johnny Lewis. I mean, he was yeah. Great. And then he ended up yeah. having um, he had a motorcycle accident, and from the motor after the motorcycle accident. It just went from bad to worse very quickly. He ended up getting, having mental issues and getting arrested multiple times. And, um, and every time he would get arrested, it was, I think it was usually because he was either breaking into somebody's house. Um, uh, he, I, I think the first time he, after the motorcycle accident, he broke into somebody's house and the person whose house he broke into almost beat him to death. And, and then, that he they thought he was on drugs he had no drugs in his system i, I want to say that every single time he got arrested for assault or one of these episodes he they thought they assumed that he was on drugs and he right. wasn't and then ended up um he ended up um unaliving himself and his landlord in the his hollywood landlady. yeah it was really a tragedy his uh yeah his landlady and, who was actually very well known in the actor community in hollywood yeah he had she had rented up a living space to a lot of struggling like bungalows actors. to writers and actors. Yeah, in to LA. later. I mean, these are people that later became successful, and so she was a very well-known, liked person. And unfortunately, Danny had complete. I mean, uh, Johnny, 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 Danny. I mean, you know, they were they were about. No, I guess Danny was older than Johnny. Yeah, but uh, but either yeah, way, he tragic. played the main character. Yeah, in this film, did a great job, I must say. He was besides great. the narrator, and he was great. And also, he was a kid when we were shooting with him, and he was right. 
I think he'd done some commercials or something like that at that point or been some bit parts here and there. And he'd been in tons of stuff we did. We would use him yeah. as like a, 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 a counts, uh, like someone being counseled or just a yeah, good looking, he was, he was a good looking era. white kid. So yeah, he was he, one, of, one of the golden era players. <laughs> yeah. Golden era players. That's exactly what we should call them from now on. Yeah. yeah. The golden era players. We should start Jim Eskimen. Tate Rupert. Yeah, we'll we'll get we're gonna show. Yeah. Let's do that for the forget, next video. We'll yeah, get together the a, a little slide a, a deck. Yeah. A slide and deck. Don't forget the, we had Jen Elfman did a couple of things with us. We put her in there. Before had, before Dave told us she looked like uh uh Yeah. Yeah, what's her the name? girl from The Exorcist, Linda Blair? Linda before Blair. he and said she looked had, like Linda Blair. Hold on, who else? Did we had a bunch of people. We had, we we had uh, Bonnie, Bonnie's sister. We almost had Bonnie, but it, it just the timing never worked out. Uh, so yeah, we yeah, we had Rebe uh, Marissa Rabisi. We did use right? his sister, right? and then right. we did um, we we. I don't think we ever did anything with Kirsty. Uh, we never we did anything. We we did some interviews with Kirstie, yeah. That's Not true. Never any effort. film. We didn't ever no, roll film on her, no. I don't think. We interviewed her and Travolta and a bunch of people, but that's a different thing. I, I yeah. will think of more. I know Mike Fairman, very good actor. Jason Michael Begay. <laughs> yeah, Jason, Jason, Tate Rupert, okay. Jim Eskimen, right. Kelly Daniels. And then, yeah. What's her name? Denise uh, Duff. I think, yeah, I can't think of it. Denise's uh, friend, the soap opera actress. Michelle you know, Stafford? Uh, Michelle Stafford. We did Michelle, shoot a lot with her videos yeah, with her in the early days. Yeah, she was, Michelle, an, I think she did how to Dianetics how to stuff. No, she didn't do that. But maybe she did the first one. Oh, no, that was Lee Purcell. Oh, Lee Purcell. Lee Purcell. Right. That was Lee her Purcell. name. So somebody sent me a link to the Dianetics how to video. The first and, one from nineteen. Yeah, the very first one. And Lee Purcell is the star of that one for yeah, sure. She's a, a thing about Lee Purcell. She's one of the people I spoke about was referring to the other day. I did a short for, from a thing I did with uh, Karen De La Carrie about why so many Scientologists actors don't make it because yeah. they put so much attention on Scientology and they spend so much money that they sort of got their careers. And Lee Purcell is a perfect example. Lee Purcell was the female lead in John Milius's Big Wednesday which is an amazing film that everybody should watch this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, this film, I can tell you stories about this film endlessly, but she's the familiar, she's literally the emotional center of this, of John Milius's first, you know, this is the guy who wrote Apocalypse Now. And he, yeah. He did Red Dawn and all these great films. And she's amazing. She's the emotional center of Big Wednesday. She's an incredible actress. And she just, I don't know what happened to her, but... A big shout out to Lee Priscilla. So I hope you're doing okay. So Yeah. Okay. So then um do you want to show some of the pictures? That's sort of the we've set up the the, the well, story I, you know, of wanna, the film. Uh, yeah, but I want there's one other story that we talked about that we should relay. It's like when when I didn't I didn't know what uh Isaac's current circumstances were when when we cast him in the film. I knew he was I heard he's living in New York. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, that's that, right. Uh, that he was living in New York, not living in New York, but he had a radio show that was like the most popular radio show in New York. And he did the show every day, Monday through Friday. That's he right. said, I'd love to do the film, but I, I only, I'm only free on weekends. And we were like, that's cool. We'll shoot it on weekends. And I was like, no, no, I don't get to go home. So, <laughs> well, well, also we because we had to put that giant set in the studio 
We could only shoot other sets in the other direction or not near that psych wall. So we ended up having to kind of do a bunch of smaller sets that we'd shoot during the week and then have everything ready Friday night so that the second that Isaac showed up on Saturday, then we could just start rolling. And, but unfortunately... Whenever Isaac would get there, we'd have these pages and pages of dialogue that he needed to do right. that was written by L. Ron Hubbard. And the right. way this flowery kind of weird prose way that L. Ron Hubbard wrote this, the dialogue for Isaac, it, he couldn't, he, it was so unnatural for him to read these words yeah, in it this was just like arrangement a, a that we would, culture. we would have to make each... It was really weird because it because you have to shoot exactly. You cannot alter the L. Ron Hubbard uh, dialogue. Right. That's a, that's not a that's right. a that's sort of a that would be a crime for us. Oh yeah, um, if, as the Sea Org members. If, if there's a if there's a contraction like I mean if there's a, it is you cannot say it's you cannot make a contraction out of two words. That's exactly that's, what I was going to say. So Isaac would do the whole thing of, perfect. But he'd he'd say an it's instead of an it is, or he'd say yeah. a let's instead of let us, and then yeah. it would be like that. No cut. We got to re and yeah. and 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 this was a weird thing because, um, you have Mitch. Mitch is a, uh, is essentially he's the boss of the film team. But at the same right. time, if a person on the film team, they're responsible, like the sound guy's responsible for the sound and the script, we, what we called a script supervisor was in charge of if, if it says, let us see what we're talking about. And right. he says, let's, then the script supervisor, sometimes the, the, the person who was the script supervisor, she would just yell cut, just like cut. Yeah, which is completely, even in, on a Scientology set is illegal because the only two people it says it's mandated. It's like in Hollywood, but it's an unspoken rule. The only two people that can yell cut is an assistant director or the director. Nobody else is allowed to yell cut. Yeah. I mean, in Hollywood, so you would just be fired for doing that. That's right. So every once in a while, um, somebody would do they that. They help themselves. Yeah. Like a sound guy would be like, cut. It was it. And it, and, and if you're, if you're not the sound guy and you understand how film works and how takes work and all this, if we say the wrong part on the first part of the shot, the, the second part of the shot could still be usable if we cut to it or if we just use the VO yeah. track or if we need it, we can still use it. You don't have to cut because your department, right. but, but L. Ron Hubbard says that each person, and if you don't cut, there's a weird thing where yeah, he kind of no, sets it up. Everybody's made, it's, it's like, the, what did you do to pull it in thing? Everybody is made to be responsible. It's really hard to direct there because everybody is so responsible. As yes. opposed to having one person that says, okay, here's where we're at, here's what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. Really, it's really like the credit for the film says, written, it says produced and directed by Golden Era Productions. Yeah, and there's no other credits. Well, I, I besides I L. Ron Hubbard, written and written screenplay by L. Ron Hubbard, written by yeah, L. Ron Hubbard, yeah, produced and directed by Golden Air Productions. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> it would say musical score by L. Ron. Hubbard. Yes, <laughs> musical score by L. Ron Hubbard, and then music produced, or no, they wouldn't even say the music. They would just say produced and directed by Golden Air, and that's just everything yeah. else. Right. Yeah. No, no, no credits. Nobody. The, no, yeah. There's no. There's no costumes, Black wardrobe, talent. Not, not, no one has a credit. So 
but what ended up happening was we would we had these shots where we're like, okay, this paragraph's a shot, this paragraph's a shot, this paragraph. And we couldn't do that anymore. So we had to break, essentially, we had to break every single sentence into its own shot because that's the only way we couldn't gang up sentences for for Isaac to do. He and and we wouldn't stop rolling. He would say it wrong and we'd go do it again, or we'd read read the line back to him and have him just keep read it back. And it's and what we planned to shoot in a weekend took us, I think, three or four weekends to shoot with Isaac, maybe even more. I yeah, can't I remember, remember how many all. times he ended up coming back, but it was way more than we had planned. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember how many it was. All I know is one of those weekends was on my birthday, and I was really mad about that because I didn't get to go home, and I had to shoot. I've done that in the past a number of times for some reason. Way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? But, you know, when you've got little kids... When you have little kids and they're like, Daddy, are you coming for your birthday? You know, okay, never mind. You know, okay. It's no, I, I dig it. I couldn't imagine when I was there, Mitch, there was so many times where I had like a, a, a crisis of faith and like, I need Mitch to stay here, but I know he has a wife and two children and they don't yeah. see him until the weekend. And if he doesn't yeah. go on the weekend, yeah. they don't see him at all. Okay, but and, listen, I wasn't upset. The thing that upset me, yeah. It's not that it was my birthday. I think yeah. my, my former wife and my still are my children. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think they came up. What really upset me was that the crew arranged with Isaac in his costume at dinner time. They all marched into the dining room where I was, and he sang me happy birthday. He almost like, sat me in his lap. It was the most amazing thing to have Isaac as senior, uh, happy birthday. And I'm looking around. Nobody's got a camera. Nobody's videoing it. There's nothing. It's just like never happened. So yeah. that's what I'm pissed. I'm that, pissed that off is, about that. That is there. There, I, there, I, I there were a lot of things that happened at that property that it would have been amazing if we had cameras yeah, rolling. And, and usually <laughs> things like that, they'd want a video. You know, they'd want it for PR reasons, just internal PR. You know, Miss Gadge would love to see that. Oh, look, Isaac's seen the director. Happy birthday or something. But it's like, you know what? I wasted three years of my career, and I didn't even get a photo of Isaac <laughs> Hayes. What? Anyway, so, um, yeah. But, you know, when you mentioned that he couldn't do his lines, it's not because we didn't try to rehearse him. And remember how we, the, you know, how we got him? I mean, how did he remember how we got from... New York to LA every week. Oh yeah, so Tommy Davis would fly to New York. What would Tommy who? A lot of people don't know who he was. Tommy Davis at the time, he was he was sort of like the seniors um at the in the in Scientology they have a place called the Celebrity Center and the Celebrity Center is located in Hollywood, California. Right. And that's the place that's responsible for recruiting celebrities into Scientology. Right. And, and, yeah. and Tommy Davis. And their family and their agents. And their, yeah. yeah. Anybody in the industry who might have something to do yeah. with Hollywood yeah. is considered a public a Scientologist yeah. of yeah. Celebrity Center. If they or can it could be it. sports. It could be business. If you were like a rich That's true. Guy. Any opinion leader in the arts yeah. or entertainment yeah. or uh, – you're right. It could be – if they're well-known, even if they're just – have some celebrity of any – faction yeah if, if in other words if you weren't just a garden variety schmuck you could be public with celebrities yeah so so tommy davis is the son of ann archer 
who is a, a very fam- uh, famous actress um, and also a Scientologist. And she, I mean, she was in, um, what's that movie with um, Michael one, Douglas? Uh, oh, yes, yeah, the, 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 the one with Sharon Stone. The, no, Fatal Attraction. Uh, Ann Archer was the wife in Fatal Attraction, the one with. She's um, Oscar nominated actress. I mean, yeah, the one with uh, Michael Douglas and what? Uh, Glenn Close, the one where yeah. Michael Douglas has an affair and then um, Glenn Co- Close is just a couple sandwiches <laughs> short of a picnic and comes after. Uh, <laughs> Michael Douglas yeah. and his wife, right. played by Ian Archer. Um, so she was the uh, Tommy Davis was her son. I can't remember his dad's name. Something Davis. Oh uh, yeah, he, um, he was. You mean his stepdad or his real father? His, his real dad was uh, like in the financial. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a billionaire. Uh, in, in, yeah, he's in, uh, had a big, too. I think, hedge fund or Wall yeah, Street right. or something like that. Financial guru, um, Doctor Big Bucks. And then um, Anne Archer ended up marrying Terry Jastrow, a very famous golf uh, uh, celebrity kind of producer friend. Yeah, he of was. Yeah, he was like Nicholas a, a multi, multi, multi Emmy award winning sports producer, I think, for ABC. And his specialty was golf, and he did a lot of lot of that stuff. Yeah, so they were both in Scientology. Tommy Davis. Um, was um Ann's son and he joined the sea org i want to say in his teens like 15 no, no, 16 no, no, no. he was two years in columbia college he was a huge oh. flop he, he was he was gonna he was at columbia in new york okay two years in he quit and his father was like blah you know his head's like exploded like and so quit. he escaped that to go live with Ann. yeah yeah I mean, he <laughs> was in one of the best colleges in america uh, you know, and he's just, come on, he's just groomed to be like, a, you know, a, a super successful, financially secure, a son of a, uh, of a movie star and a, and a hedge fund manager. And he quits to go and be like a celebrity wrangler at celebrity center. Like that was really yeah. his job. So he was he probably, was, he was probably 19 or 20 actually when he, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Two years into college, you'd be like, yeah. 19. So he, when he was younger, he used to do services at the Beverly Hills Mission. Oh, and so Claire's that father. That place was a hotbed of controversy. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. And Claire's father was the executive director of the Beverly Hills Mission. And right, she would go right. there and do Scientology stuff too. And Tommy Davis would be there when she would oh, be there. Oh, so she knew Tommy. Now, when, he folks, was a, when he was right. a young teenager. And one of the things that came up, and I always remember this, is that. Um, he had dabbled in uh, marijuana oh my God. as a teenager. And that is a, um, a disqualification to be in religious technology center. If you, if you are in Scientology and then you do drugs, it's called being a drug revert. And it's mm-hmm. and you can't be a drug revert if you go and want to go into religious technology center. Right. And so there was a law. Uh, there was a long period of time where Tommy Davis was that now he he's in the Sea Org he becomes a celebrity center Sea Org member and then he starts handling these high level celebrities and it's like it, it's a natural sort of progression that you would end up in religious technology center and then do that job from there and the reason well, also, I was, he was told, really pretty he was really pretty yeah he so was he, very he, personable he was, is what we call it in Sea Org <laughs> and, and Miscavige liked to decorate he liked decorative staff Right, he liked or, ornaments, ornamental staff. Is what, and, and, and so Tommy was perfect for that. Yeah, like and he, Tommy he can introduce him as this is Tommy Davis Ann Archer's kid. Did you know she was nominated for an Oscar? Like whatever bullshit 
He yeah. Out like that, like that was his thing. Sorry, Mark. I I got. Patched. No, it's good. And also, Tommy Davis, because his parents were wealthy, by proxy, he was wealthy. So he was in oh, yeah. the Sea Org member, but he was independently. He drove a BMW. Yeah. Oh no, he, no, he didn't. Drive he had a, BMW. a fifteen. He drove like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar BMW. <laughs> Mitch yeah. is like, I had a seven series. Tommy had the oh, best yeah. one of whatever I had. Yeah, it was only when I had little kids because my wife said it was a safe car, and I drive <laughs> two hundred miles a week. Okay. Anyway, so, but yeah, no, regardless, was insanely for, rich. Yeah. He was walking around with a watch that would be five years of Sea Org wages. Yeah, yeah. Well, a watch that—that's how much yeah. to to wear the watch yeah. Tommy Davis wore. I'd have to save up as a Sea Org member for five years and not spend a penny to get that watch. So, yeah, and eventually he became the international spokesman and foot in mouth in charge. Of the Church of Scientology. This guy he, we call him the foot bullet, Mr. Foot bullet. Yeah. That's actually yeah. what we called him um, on the outside. We'd say, hey, did Mr. Foot bullet, what, is Mr. Foot bullet going to be on something? Wow, this is going to be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Um, so that's Tommy Davis. So Tommy Davis would fly to New York, pick up on Isaac. Friday. Friday on Friday morning, he fly to New York. I think they would fly in the red. They would fly back. Fly back on a red eye. Yeah. And, on the and then. But on Isaac the way back, be... he, he'd drill his lines. I always wondered what that was like. You know, nonstop, you've got like whatever, four or five hour flight. And, you know, you've got Tommy Dave sitting next to you, you know, making you do your lines for, I mean, you know, I mean come on, give the guy a break. So uh, by the time Isaac got to us, he was just fried because he'd been. Well, also, he never knew his lines. At least whatever he knew, he would fumble. So it's almost like we would be like, um, uh, we're here to shoot, and Isaac's got to get his lines done. And the person that's been assigned to get Isaac through his lines is Tommy. And right. Tommy's like, hey, we got to go. We got to do this. We got to do this. It's like, hey, bitch, your one job was to have this guy ready. He ain't ever been yeah. ready anytime yeah. he's ever yeah. come here. So right. what, what uh, are you doing? Like, he was sort yeah. of like, and also Tommy just hung out while we were working. So he it wasn't like he was doing anything. He was just kind of sitting around on his phone or go. he'd go in the lounge. And it would sort of be like, yeah. You had one job, dude, and you didn't do it at all. And so don't kind of tell us like, hey, we got to hurry up. Isaac's got to yeah, leave exactly. in this amount of times. Yeah. Be like, dude, the reason it's taking forever is because of you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's 100% true. You want to show some of these picks now? Or uh, yeah, is there okay, anything so, else we need to set up? I, I mean, well, that's you know, pretty I, much. I, I don't know if I don't know if you still have it. I, I have it somewhere, but what? we it's did right find here. that. Yeah, but no, we found that one little piece of video of Isaac on the space platform. It was in that little sequence from the gold video. Oh yeah. I don't know where that is, but, um, yeah, we'll it's in that it's a, it's in the video that you did on your channel. Yeah. But if you want to look, there's a shot and we've showed it before. There's a shot okay. of Isaac on, um, this, on the space, long, anyway. on the space patio. <laughs> yeah. The space patio. So here's, uh, Here's a shot. This is I had to sneak these with my cell phone because they, they don't allow cameras on the set. So this is one of the few little groups of shots I have. You can see the blue screen. You can see our like fake rock set. It looked pretty green good screen camera. in this case. Yeah, it sorry. is a green yeah, screen. Yeah, green screen. Right, right, right. What the hell am I saying? 
And yeah. the and these people are dressed like the, the they're this is the timeless the the uniforms for this were timeless oh look you, uh, the, <laughs> that, that's because you I, did this I did quotes and then they're yeah. like yeah that's two that's two peace signs that equals balloons yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway um, they were the timeless uniforms and I guess this is what the costumes department well this interpreted yeah, this, thing, this thing had a kind of a steampunk motif you know yes. which was weird because it was supposed to be a a kind of primitive plant with just enough technology that maybe they could whip together an e-meter yes uh, and uh these were a <laughs> yeah. couple of soldiers uh these these were the guys one of them gave the other one a touch it says apparently they, they had wars on this planet because all of us in the middle of the of the, of the planet of the middle of the movie, there's like explosions in the background and there's these two guys, one of them's injured behind a rock and the other one's giving him assist. It just, it, it kind of didn't make a lot of sense, but I went with it. This is the kid. This is the kid who actually replaced Johnny Lewis after Johnny's tragic. He looks eyes. like Johnny a little bit too. Yeah, he does. And he's wearing a very similar costume, same color. Yeah. And, um, the, the, the environment is kind of intended to be like post-apocalyptic, like a society that's, Coming up after a post-apocalyptic event, you know, you have to create layers and layers of history if you're going to make a film. It needs to have everything needs to have a backstory, even the environment. So if it's supposed to take place in a semi-primitive or semi-mechanistic society in the on some other planet, you have to envision its future. I'm sorry, it's past. Like you have to kind of be a little bit of an archaeologist. So a lot of the film takes place in ruins or in structures that were made from previous levels of technology. And yes, you get kind of into the shit. So I also it. remember when we shot this because um, David Miscavige um, has asthma, and right, so right. whenever he would come, when it, when we were yeah, getting we used this, a lot of smoke. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> we were excited. getting the studio ready. Um, he would come down. It was be, it, the as the as the structure was being built. Um, it was it was just sand or dirt in the middle of the studio, and only when the entire structure was built did they finish the concrete because they didn't want the concrete to be damaged by steel or heavy equipment right. driving around in there. So the entire building was built. The very last thing we did was pour the concrete in the middle of the studio. Right. So there was dust and dirt all up in the rafters and the grid and on the walls and on the fabric. And so every single time David Miscavige would come to the studio, he would he would walk in and go, nope, it's too dirty in here, and he would leave. And we would always be like, how does he know it's dirty in here? Well, it's because he has- a man with asthma. Well, because he had <laughs> asthma, so if it was- if there was a lot of particulate in the air, dirt or dust particulate in the air, he was very, very sensitive to it. So we had to white glove the studio, white glove the studio, white glove. We kept having to clean and clean and clean. I think we vacuumed for like two months to get all the dirt and dust. And we had to use these special um, L. Ron Hubbard recommended vacuums that are called rainbows that have water oh in them. God, so the dirt goes through the water and it doesn't then blow dirt back out the exhaust. Of the, it was a whole thing trust me anyway so then when we went to go shoot this film it's all like post-apocalyptic so we have to bring all these um sets in there and then we have to dump dirt and sand on everything yeah, I, plus, I 
I shot with smoke a lot. I mean, if you look at this photo, you'll see. Well, you'll see. Look at this one. Look at all the sand and dirt on the ground yeah. in the photo. Yeah. So then I was like, are you kidding? We spent two months cleaning this place, and now we're going to bring sand and dirt back in here and dump it all over everything. <laughs> anyway, but yes, and we did also shoot with a lot of fog. And um, so. Yeah, yeah. This was David the lab, Miscavige. When I, at least what the first few years that we built the studio, um, David Miscavige did not come by that no, often. It, no. When we first no, built never. it, he kind of came by a little bit just to see. But then after once we got working, um, he would stay away because it was oh, still yeah. just too dirty and smoky, and whatever was there was just too much for him. Well, to be also able to remember deal. there were also people in sets that he busted out of his own. There's That's no true. Yeah, <laughs> the he whole of the whole of yeah the whole of the shoot crew were people that used to work for either management and had to deal with him, or used to work yeah. in religious technology center. Yeah, and he kicked me, out. <laughs> yeah, the, me, the cameraman, and the and me, the, you, and the lighting guy, and uh, like the five of us. The yeah, the, film, we were the only on, ones that were like all, uh, organically just in the cinematography yeah, area. Then, we weren't. <laughs> yeah, you remember that one time everybody went to an event and then we stayed behind and got a bunch of shots done for a big film. Yes, and, it was and, like four or five of us, even, even that. And it turned out that, the, that we were the only ones that were actually needed to make a film because... <laughs> Everybody else was kind of in the way. Yeah, for what we were out, shooting. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to point out this set was supposed to be the kind of future, this kind of futuristic, but the, a lab where they actually put together an e-meter, like a steampunk version of an e-meter. Yeah, you know, and, in the first one, we didn't have a nice lab like that, I don't think. we. No, everything you, was... No, yeah, no, there was. There was absolutely. Uh, but no, was it was. in a cave? Uh, no, it was, it was, um, it was, no, it was just not as elaborate as this. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. We didn't have any, yeah, this is no, a very, was, very, no, we, uh, got, heavily I, produced set. Oh yeah, I know. And there's big, there's big fans in the ceiling spinning around with light being interrupted and there's machines everywhere. This thing was crazy, man. We like, you know, I would spend as much money as they would let me possibly spend. Here he is. Which uh, wasn't a lot. <laughs> No, I mean, well, when you have a huge set shop, you have 30 people in sets and they're working for nothing. Yeah. You can make a film look, you know, multi, multi-million dollar film. Uh, Cause that's just, you know. Totally. And, and for one of these films, I should say this, I don't know if we've ever said this, but one of these um, film, these training films that we do, depending on the sets and the talent and all that good stuff, we could shoot it for, from start to finish from pre-production to final, uh, you know, online edit or yeah. final film answer print or whatever the um, end of the line was, depending on what f formats and media that we were shooting on, we could shoot one of these for anywhere from a hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, sometimes fifty grand. Yeah, I well, mean, but, it, 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 but the fifty grand was. Yeah, but then I'm not including you. In some of those, yeah, no, figures. no, no, but they don't include me. That's a whole different thing. They don't. Yeah, include, all labor is not in the budget. Yeah, there's no labor. Yeah, that's that's just thing. what I was going to say. Not in the budget. It's Out of that three hundred thousand, there's no labor fee. There's yeah. no. Yeah. It's only it's only um, actors, and then if we need um like if we need an an if we need animals, we need an, uh like an animal wrangler, or we have to hire a what do they call it um. 
picture animals, whatever. Um, That's what they that, call them, picture animals. That, picture animals. Okay, so if <laughs> we had to hire picture or animals. picture car or car, or maybe we need some real fancy piece of uh, equipment like a like a techno Porsche crane. Or, or the, yeah, yeah, dragon, like a dragon crane, crane, crane or a techno blah, blah, blah. crane or. Yeah, I mean, in the industry, you have two costs. They have above the line and below the line. And below the line yeah. are all your, 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 like your director, your script, right? You know, all your creative stuff. Above the line, you've got all the rest of the talent. And that's like, you, uh, in a lot of cases, that's your biggest item. But you take that out. Yeah. In the, in the gold budget, so you just completely take that out. So let me, uh, here's the best way to explain this. is a thing called production value, which most people don't know what that is. Most people think, you know, like Avatar, wow, the production value of Avatar is incredible. But it actually, Avatar has zero production value because it costs half a billion dollars to make, and it looks like it costs half a billion dollars to make. So it's the difference between what it looks like to make and what it actually costs. That's your production value. So uh, by that metric, Goldner Productions has the greatest production value of any studio in the world because they're the only studio in the world. That is that has managed to accumulate world class equipment, very talented people, and they work as slaves, and that's essentially what gives you a lot of production value. Yeah, you know, you're you getting a, you're getting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of labor and product. Yeah, totally for totally. for free. So yeah, so you're making a film, and Mark says three hundred thousand dollars. You're talking about a film that looks like it should cost two to five million dollars. Like that's yeah. an absolute fact. And also all of the crew so so yes you're right so not only are we not really and and the talent that we did use for the most of the time we used for a lot of the years we just did it under the table it was just like we just paid day rates just yeah just li very minimal yeah. yeah the very minimal day rate like an 80 dollars a day actor yeah whatever it was it did and then and then in well, the, then they ran into in, the, there's issues with like California labor laws. So you can't just be paying people under the table. So then they had to give them legitimate payroll and they didn't know how to do that. And yeah. I, I ran my own company before I went to gold. I had a, a contract with a payroll company because nobody does their own, only big studios like Paramount or whatever do their own payroll. Everybody else, there's a bunch of payroll services in Hollywood and yeah. they help keep track of residuals and blah, blah, blah. So then they ran all their payroll through my company, which scared the but Jesus out of me, because that <laughs> granted me the legal right to control the material if they weren't paying people. Really? Uh, I didn't know yeah, that Yeah, like happened. if they didn't pay people, I could have said, that's mine. You can't use it. You can't play it on TV. If they didn't pay residuals to actors, then who, whoever did the payroll, they gained control of it, legal control of it. Wow. Um, so I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That just scared the hell out of me. So then eventually I, I got them. I was like, no. And then they made a deal with, I don't know, cast and crew or one of the companies to do that. And they, you know, they run their if it's talent payroll, which involves uh, performing to SAG rules or, you know, having to do with residual, blah, blah, blah. They have to run it through a payroll company or they're just yeah. like it. And they hate that shit because that's like so planet Earth problems like yeah you know, well the thing i was going to say is so not only did we pay we paid a decent amount for the talent but it was the bare minimum amount that could be paid yeah and absolutely then, and yeah. then but then in addition to that not only are you getting the sets and the wardrobe and uh props and all that you're getting all that free labor but the camera crew the lighting crew the grip crew anybody um including visual effects and on-set yep. effects 
all of those trades were Sea Org members. So you weren't right. paying for any labor on any right. part of this film. And then same thing with post-production, all of the editing, all of that, of the, the film lab. By the time we had the Cine Castle, we also had an entire film produ production lab that you could process film through so that we didn't have to drive the film to Los Angeles. It could all be done at the property. Right, and, and actually was done at higher quality than they do in Hollywood. So, yeah, well, yeah, because we were only doing our own stuff. We weren't slopping yeah. everybody else's stuff through the same yeah, chemical baths. Yeah, it wasn't done for and, profit, but so it was like... Yeah, it was done at a huge loss. It, and that yeah, is the other thing. They didn't... The money that they saved was spent on a $30 million cine castle, cinematography castle. Yeah, or so. they didn't have to spend. They had it for PIs and lawyers. And yeah, it's ridiculous. Down and, you know, like that. they don't try to get deals on that stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, I know. It's so, it's so, it's so hypocritical. They're they ain't saving yeah. money on lawsuits. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Is there another so, slide in this? Yeah, there's. I think there's a few of them. Oh yeah, yeah look is, at that set. Oh, that's a yeah. two-storyer. Yeah, it was. Uh, is that was, is that background? Is that uh, practical? Can you walk up there? Can people be yeah, up there? The scaffold. Yeah, there there was scenes where people were working up there. So here's what happened around the time when we made this one. Is that a person so, up there behind them? Is that a person up there? Yeah, that is somebody. That's somebody up on the catwalk. It was a hundred. Wow. I I have a. a, a I should converted it to an AF, AF or a different video. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm seeing what you're talking about. The ceiling is the actual catwalk. Yeah. It's the catwalk. The ceiling the is the, the yeah. grid where all the power and lights and everything right, are up there. Right. And the floor is the cement floor in the studio. I had polish it and, and put a finish on it. So that's wow. the studio floor. That's you know, very uh, cool. I like that. Yeah, because, you know, it, 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 I tried to get them not to do a cement floor because all of their their staff are going to be crippled in their old age because you're not supposed to work on cement. Oh, it was so rough it's, on, it's on the staff. It was so and, rough on the crew. Yeah, and nobody uses cement in, in, in studios, in big studios. They use what are called live wood floors uh, for two reasons. For one thing, and it's a very specialized way you build it so that they don't squeak. Uh but do it for two reasons. One, just because it's better for people's health. But you can also drill into the floor because when you're putting sits down and stuff. Yeah. And so when you used to go into a studio, like a big studio at Warner Brothers or Paramount, the floors are just destroyed uh, because everybody's screwing into them. And, and every so many years, they pull the floor up and replace it. And Gold were like, no, 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 no. We can't have our floor ever look bad because, you know, they were more concerned about the their reputation, they're like bringing big wigs on tours. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so they, and I was so pissed that they made it cement because I knew how dangerous it is for people's, you know, their, their, their body. It's just really bad to work on cement all day long. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but I used to then make them all this shit and use it in the set. This is like yeah. a third of this green screen guy. It I was going to say, so this huge. is, yeah, so you can see here, just this is a, I mean, this is not a, a frame that was in the film, but you can just see the crane. So you've got a crane on a dolly there, on a dolly track, and then you've got all those psych lights against the psych wall at the top of the right. frame. And then you've got those right. uh, those big uh, kind of uh, diffusion for the lights yeah. up top. And But that's speaking a, of, using speaking of a lot. Speaking of saving money. 
there was a big camera equipment, a, a, a crane equipment company in Hollywood, and they donated that crane. It's a really good crane. They ended up with extra equipment, and they needed. They actually donated two cranes to Gold. Was that and Roberts? T- no, 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 no. This was just completely independent. Nothing to do with Scientology. But it was a legitimate tax write-off for them. They needed to get rid of this equipment, and they were better off donating it to a nonprofit. Yeah, than they were. There, you know, there's nonprofit. You know, gold is like the only nonprofit films. So, yeah, you know, it, it turns out to be a good place for people to donate equipment to get rid of scuttled bad yeah. equipment that they can't. They don't want to keep yeah. on the, the books. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think you're right, Mitch. We could do a film. See, I think production-wise, we could do it for fifty. But then with post-production and and expend yeah, all the other yeah. stuff, I'd say it would any the lowest we did one of these for would be, I would just say all in a hundred thousand to like maybe yeah. five hundred. Like I think orientation and the what is Scientology film that we shot those were in the millions. Because yeah, they it was all time. post-production in Los Angeles. Yeah, all the processing yeah. was in Los Angeles. Yeah. All the, um, you know, there was a we there was a reshoot after reshoot after reshoot. The sets were big. The we had oh we were renting studios in Los Angeles to shoot orientation. We were renting studios to do yeah, the what is science. Yeah. So those when in the early days we were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just because we couldn't do it all in in house, we had to hire out stages and uh, you know all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but, exactly, um, exactly. But yeah, this is a this is an, a good example of a very large set that we'd have in there. And I'm yeah. gonna say I'm gonna guess just from what I can see right here, this is taking up about half of the studio, if not a no, little bit more. Not even a quarter. Uh, well, no. If, well, no. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me just re- look how far re- back we are. No, I'm saying if you're considering the foreground sand and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at the little set there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. ha- that's about half. Maybe yeah, yeah, I'd say about, about half because you're using the whole yeah. of the psych wall. The psych wall does take up about maybe a quarter itself. Yeah, but, see, but I was looking at where the camera is, and so I was not considering where the yeah. camera is. Either way, this is but a big – yeah. This is a big set for that studio. You're not going to be able to squeeze another yeah. ten sets in there with this puppy yeah, I think in there. We have some more, so yeah. There's a. I, I okay. didn't edit these. Oh yeah, oh, look was, at that. Oh yeah, that's little... steampunk galore, yeah, man. Yeah, look we, at these guys, yeah. the goggles. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's a good a thing. Cost. Steampunk came back in. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot easier to put this together. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I didn't really edit these, but we had a really interesting looking. This was, these were all actors we brought in from LA. So none the of these are Scientologist actors. No, but you see the guy, the bald guy with the long hair. Yeah. In the previous version, that was Jeff Hawkins played that part. Oh remember yeah, that's Jeff? right. Jeff, remember? Yeah. That's right. That so in the in the first time, this film was shot two times because obviously um, Isaac Hayes is no longer around. No, and but, he, but 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 remember Isaac's shots was only him. So we that's were able true. To keep all of his shots and scan them at a very high resolution digital. Oh, they reused, a, they recycled well, those. We, we kept it yeah, because it was shot at thirty-five millimeters, so it was super high. Oh, quality. okay. So we were, and plus it was all really was timeless. I mean, it was it happened nowhere. So. That's true, but then, but the kid Johnny, because he unalived himself and yeah. another person, we can't leave him in a Scientology film, right? So and he's in pretty much every single shot of the film without the shots without Isaac. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then you guys had to reshoot it. For, that would I would I would go on to guess that would be the main reason this had to be reshot was because of John. Well, no, that was the only reason. Okay, there you and go. And we were all rejoicing that we could keep Isaac because I mean his shots were. A trend. That's true. I didn't think yeah. about that because his shots are yeah. all standalone. Yeah, and they were all highly, highly. Um, you know, by the time um, we cut all the things together that to make it sound like he did the lines correctly right. there was a lot of audio editing yeah and yeah, yeah. if he wasn't on screen we were it was one of those things that we were using golden era ai which is where you just take yeah. the it's like a sal and uh, richard from the howard stern show they just take an a person talking and they just cut the word the individual words out in the audio and then piece got, those together <laughs> they got really good at that it was <laughs> they did <laughs> Well, I mean, the audio edit, the um, editing, the audio editing crew at Golden Air Productions, they were, they'd been editing L. Ron Hubbard um, for decades and using words that he said wrong or mispronounced. They'd steal a word from another lecture. They'd cut out, you know, farts and burps. And sometimes um, they'd cut out both of those at the same time, which if you don't know, <laughs> <laughs> that is called a double flute salute. Or if um, if you listen to the uh, Your Mom's House podcast, it's a uh, I think it's called a double pipe classic. But either uh, way, uh, um, yeah. but if you're in the military, that, huh? like L. Could Ron you, Hubbard next time, was, could you just put those terms up on the screen? So we well, if you're in the military, a a, a, a a double pipe classic is called a dual flute salute. Um, so okay. that's the only difference. Uh, if you're a civilian and you fart and burp at the same time, that's a double pipe classic. I just wanted to explain the difference. But but what I'm trying – my point is that they were good at cutting up these words and replacing and stuff like that. So that's how we ended up getting the uh, Isaac Hayes right. dialogue to work. Right. Um, right. And, yes, there were a lot of children in this film that – in both films yeah. we, we had yeah, children. Yeah, because we needed extras. You know, what kind of a civilization would it be without children? Well, that's called the Sea Org, I think. Uh, we actually got, I want to say we got kids from the ranch when we did the first one. Probably. Because the ranch, right. I think, was still around in, um, in 99 or 2000, around the time yeah, we hey, shot this. Yeah, hey, if you kids who were at the ranch were in the film and are no longer in Scientology, give us a shout. Yeah, that would be amazing. So, yeah, this was me. I think I was hiding my cell phone in my coat when I was doing this. And you were just like, oh, do to do. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we found the world's cutest little blonde girl. Okay, that's the end of uh, that's the end of those pictures. So. Awesome. And then this also was the we I think we told a story about when we were shooting in the desert in Brawley, California. When right. we um, uh, is it called Brawley? It's Isn't outside of Brawley. It's called the Bra it's called sand the sand dunes, but I think it's called the Brawley yeah, Sand Dunes. No, it's called Imperial Dunes. Imperial Dunes, and it's right, right. outside of Brawley, California. Yeah, it's where they shot they shot Stargate. Okay. Because anyway, the, the trailer we were... to go to Africa to shoot if you're yeah. to shoot. Well, when the the trailer that we were shooting in the middle of the desert in Imperial right. Dunes in California right. was the TR five trailer, so all those right. um, people right. that we were marching across the desert were wearing the same outfits, a lot of the same kind of types yeah. of outfits. These people, except they had a lot of um, uh, what do you call them, shawls, or uh, they had a lot of capes that were covering their body. Yeah, they looked like of, a nomadic tribe that was yes, traveling but it, across the desert. But it was a little bit of steampunky mixed in with it. Yeah, but what what ended up happening was um, 
as much as we trouble as we got in, as much as we struggle to get the shots of the caravan of people, we never used them. We just used the solo shots of Johnny marching through the dunes, struggling to hike through the dunes. So after all of that, after you being almost jailed by the Bureau of Land Management. <laughs> Sitting in the back of a BML, BLM cop car with yeah. handcuffs on. <laughs> yeah, you can't really say BLM anymore. You have to say the whole thing. Bureau of Land Management. Yeah, you have to people BLM numbers. Oh, that's true. There's another, yeah. there, there was another BLM. There, there was only one BLM back then. Yeah, back then. But now there's two. So. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so that was um i'm trying to think if there was anything else we did um we did well, the isaac stuff we did tommy davis we covered johnny um we covered the trailer that's pretty much all the stuff yeah, we hold did up, but no there's this one other thing i don't totally remember it the one thing is that um one of the main principles that the film was pushing was this idea of these three these three laws, these three laws of auditing, right? Oh, yeah, and, that's right. And I can't, and basically, this was, there's this book, I believe it's called The Dynamics of Life. That's I right. That is the that, book that this is sort of based, that he uses, yeah. I think he, he uses that book as his sort of blueprint. He holds it up, and then he opens it up, and he reads it, and he shows us these three laws, and these three laws, this makes no sense. Basically, it says, the auditor, meaning, you know, the counselor, that their reactive mind is bigger than the preclear, the person being audited, bigger than their reactive mind. And so the idea is that somehow this is broken into three laws, but the, 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 the concluding law is that the auditor plus the PC are bigger than the PC's reactive mind. That's right. Auditor plus PC is bigger than the bank. Yeah, and this is the reason why you have to have an auditor, why you can't audit yourself, except, but wait a minute, you do audit yourself in Scientology. So I, it's... This was written before Hubbard came up with that part. Yeah, it's all audited, <laughs> which was... A or who given. knows. That's the other yeah, thing about yeah. some of these films is sometimes these films become a policy in Scientology because it's not covered anywhere else in a policy. Right, right. But these were written by L. Ron Hubbard. So they are they have the power of an L. Ron Hubbard policy on how to do something. Right. And they also have the policy of an L. Ron Hubbard bulletin, which right. talks about the 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 Scientology right. technology of auditing or counseling right. or training or whatever. Like elastic team tactics. Yeah. <laughs> so so there was a lot of times where someone would be like, Well, what's that per? And he'd be like, Oh, it's per this film. And you'd be like, Well, you have to show me the film. I'm like, no, no, you have to figure out how to watch the film. I don't have to show yeah. you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I I already know what it says. But um yeah, you want to uh you want to see if there's any uh questions in here? Oh yeah, Ooh, there's a, I, I, we've even got somebody who was there when we shot. Yeah, it. yeah, I, I saw that. You have to do that from Amy Scobie. So Amy was over. Amy Scobie um, has a channel here, SPTV Nation, and um, Queen B, Queen B, Queen SP. B, SP. Anyway, Amy Scobie was in the International Management um, Bureau of Scientology, and her job was to oversee the Celebrity Center. So when Isaac Hayes, Isaac Hayes is arguably like one of the top 10 Scientologists, uh, celebrities and Scientologists at the time. So if he's coming to the property with Tommy Davis, a Celebrity Center uh, Sea Org right. member, then right. that's Amy's territory. Yeah, so I, I don't know, just one little thing. I don't know if we made it clear, but any interaction 
with Scientology celebrities, no matter what it was, any official kind of interaction, all had to go through the president's office at Celebrity Center. And Amy That's correct. was over Celebrity Center. So. Yeah. So this one says, um, I was there when Isaac shot this, saying Earth is not necessarily the most inhabited planet in the universe, but he kept saying inhibited instead. Yeah, that was, it was like those, I, that's, ex it's so funny that you say that, Amy, because it was, we mentioned the contractions like let us and let's, but that was another one. He would just transpose a single letter in some of these words, but it would completely change the meaning of the sentence. Right to swap that letter. So right. it was instead of saying Earth is not necessarily the most inhabited planet, to say Earth is not necessarily the most inhibited planet in the universe, that's a totally different thing. And so that sentence we have to reshoot. And we and we and he we, we he would go he would literally go inhabited, 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 inhabited. And we'd be okay, reset, 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 inhabited, inhabited 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 he would just be saying that over and over yeah and then, and then we'd, we'd all stop and in unison we'd turn and look at tommy yeah like wtf dude that's right you what? you 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 didn't catch that he had been saying inhibited yeah, on the plane in first class you yeah like you freaking, know you know tommy was sleeping and Isaac was sleeping. That's exactly what yeah. they were doing. We all knew. We're like, you really are working lines on a red eye? You slept. You both yeah. slept. Just say you both yeah. slept. Don't, why, why pretend? Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah. And then we would, he would say inhibited, inhibited, or inhabited, inhabited, inhabited. And then we'd be like, okay, everybody's set. Okay. And it, and it was also, we're not moving. We're, we, there was a crane move on Isaac for a lot of these shots. But some were locked off. But for the most part, it was a pretty straightforward shot for us to do. So we would do it so many times, we'd get it. But Isaac, oh, yeah. and then we'd go, okay, good. Da, 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 da. Okay, good. Take three. And then he would go, Earth is not not necessarily the most inhibited planet. And be like, cut. And be like, <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> and we'd be like, dude, this is, we're going to be here. And literally the crew were just like, we're gonna get we're gonna get so busted. We're gonna be here. Oh, yeah, because everybody eventually everybody would be in trouble. Yeah, everybody. it was just like, what are you doing? It's three pages of dialogue, and you'd be like, yeah, we're doing it a sentence at a time, and we're, it's taking four hours a sentence. <laughs> um, thank you for that, Amy. Um, Joanna Arcana, that is a lot of gold spray paint. Yes. Um, if you were in the costumes the, or what we what was called the wardrobe department, um, g silver and gold spray paint were your best friends. And dulling spray. Um, Stephen Britton, these are training films. Yes, these are internal training films either designated by a TR before them, the number, or an EM. If it's a TR, it's a training uh, routine film. And if it's a, a EM, it's an E-meter training film. Did you um, see Mark Catherine Olson? She put the actual three three laws in there. Oh, she did? Oh, let me yeah, look. She actually put them. Thank you. Wow, Thank look you at this. That. I don't even know how these guys are uh where okay, let me look. I'm looking now, looking at uh, at Queen B. Is it what's the timestamp? Uh it would be four oh six your time. I found it. There it is. Yeah. So Catherine Olson, thank you for that, Catherine. Mitch, the reactive mind is greater than the PC. The reactive mind is greater than the auditor. But auditor plus PC is greater than the reactive mind. Yeah, that's and exactly. That, and you see how that binds these three, these two people together? Like, 
you know, they, you can never, you can't audit without somebody else. So you, 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 you really, you need this other person. There, there's this great scene where there's these two kind of, you know, indigenous people on this planet. And for some reason they have to pick up a huge boulder. Remember that? And one guy is struggling to do it. Can't pick it up. That's right. And this other guy comes up and between the two of them. That's right. Both, that's how they, that's how they give it. That's the analogy right. or whatever. Two the, people. I mean, come on, it's common sense. Two people get, in some cases could get more done than one person. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, you know, it's like, that's kind of the whole point of the thing. Yeah, R Riley Reed Slatkin, a.k.a. C.O. Bilf, says, Isaac Hayes and Tommy Davis, I am surprised the cool, uncool polarization on that plane did not cause some sort of cataclysmic rift in space-time. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, that's super funny. Um, Tommy Davis is sort of, yeah, I mean, he kind of carried himself like he was a cool cucumber, but he, I mean, yeah, he, he had, had the, he was wearing these like expensive Italian shirts, you know, suits. And, but even with was, all that, even with all that, Tommy Davis brought in about 5% cool well, compared to the, Isaac. Isaac yeah, had, had oh, yeah. Yeah. Isaac was, Isaac was overflowing with cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, plus Tom couldn't, he couldn't ever get that, that indent out of his lip from the silver spoon. Yeah, <laughs> born with it. He was a little like, kind of like try to hide it. Yeah, he's always there. It's funny when Tommy Davis was at the Ant base. I always considered him like a punk ass kid. Like, oh, he's this punk ass kid. Yeah, like, what's from, he doing here? From Celebrity Center, but it was always sort of like, oh, Tommy Davis, this kid. And then um, I would always refer to him as a kid. Like the entire oh, time I was there, he acted like a child. And, um, you know, I, I cast it. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I have a funny story about Tommy, but regardless, of, yeah. somebody Sorry. pointed Sorry. out Sorry. to me at some point, like a handful of years ago from now saying, I think Tommy Davis might be older than you. And I was like, what? And, wow. and I think he might think? actually be, I don't oh, know. I've never looked it up. I, I I'm going to look it up right now while we're sitting no, here, but, um, uh, I don't even know if you can find him. Tommy Davis Scientology. Does he have a Wikipedia? Oh, he does actually. Um, oh, absolutely. He was. The he is older than me. Tommy oh, Davis no. is older than me. Yeah, that's crazy. He is a year older than me. He is a total punk. <laughs> I never. He acted like such a little punk ass bitch the entire time I was in the Sea Org that I always was like this little punk ass kid. And well, then when they told me. You know, I'm pretty sure he's older than you. I was like, there's no way. And sure enough, there you go. He is. He, um, Mark, Mark, did he ever have a actual post title? Yeah, he was the vice president for Celebrity Center. That was no, but his. But I mean, when we used to see him up at Gold. Um, I think he was the vice president for Celebrity Center when was he was it? at Gold. Wow. Or he was um, the... There was some sort of Wrangler post that was in the president's office that he might have had, um, uh, and then he maybe became the vice the vice president of Celebrity Center. Yeah, when no, he Catherine, became the Catherine, international she, spokesperson, he was the right. international spokesperson of Scientology. Whether I don't know what yeah, that now, was internally. Yeah, look at this. There's another comment from Catherine Wilson, four twelve years old. She's right about this because what time? This, so, uh, it's about the same time uh, that that the. About four something, four twelve. Uh, yeah, so yeah, four twelve. Your top. 
She's absolutely right about this. I don't know how where where Catherine got all of her data. It must be because she was in data, but she's right about this. Tommy, he went up when he was put in charge of PR for Scientology. He was he was in IMPR, International yeah. Management PR. Thank yeah. you for that, Catherine. Yeah. Well, that was. I mean, that's when. Um, because he dumped his lovely wife. Remember, he was married to this really very sweet girl from Brussels. You might not have known this because you were trapped up at the base. No, no, I'm going to say that this all happened. Um, Nadine was her name. Nadine, right. Yes. He um, she wasn't qualified for the base. So his perfect little steward wife, he's like, later, we're no longer married. And he went up to the base and then he married Jessica Feshback. Yeah, that all took place after I left. So oh, I didn't, um, okay. I left in 2000, okay. January 2005. He, um, I think I want to say in 2004 is when he, um, Nadine got in trouble. She, was that what uh, yeah. it was? Uh, I'm not even going to say. Because, I always picked her. But... Uh, unfortunately, sometimes the information that I have came from when a person gets interrogated, what's called a security check. Right. And then that data is told to another Sea Org member. And then that just becomes like the Sea Org, Sea Org's uh, People magazine. And so you hear things <laughs> about different people. No, that is right. the. The Sea Org People magazine are called Sec Check Knowledge Reports. That's a Sea Org People magazine. Oh, um, cool. and that's where you find out what stuff Mitch did. That's where you find out what stuff uh, Tommy Davis did. Because David Miscavige just reads these things out um, at meetings. Like he likes to know the little uh, picadillos or whatever you call it of the people um, that gets get inter interrogated in Scientology. Right. So the, I know that Tommy Davis got in trouble for some stuff. Really, the thing that I was told Tommy Davis got in, in trouble for was um, thinking he was Tom Cruise. So he was working as Tom Cruise's handler and he would he would basically be, he would dress like, he'd get the same glasses as Tom. He'd dress right, like Tom. Right. He would be like a little mini Tom Cruise. Yeah, and his wife was Katie's handler, Jessica. And his wife was Katie Holmes's handler. Right. And so the what I was hearing was that um, t Tommy was becoming more and more powerful just from his connection to Tom Cruise. And then right. he was also... Um, you know, spending money on suits and watches, and and he was sort of becoming his own celebrity in Scientology, right, right. to the point where it was pissing off Tom Cruise. Right. <laughs> like, really? what are you doing? Like, you're 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 like my flunky Scientology assistant. You're not me, right? You know, and and and, and Tom has been given, which he is, wasn't is given. Free cars and pairs from BMW because he has a product placement deal in Mission Impossible. So they're just constantly. I mean, Dave used to say, "Hey, Tom just got a pair of eight fifties. You want to borrow one for the weekend?" I'm like, "No," because I don't want to bring it back with a sketch. But then Tommy's showing up with the same cars that his dad's bought him that Tom Cruise is being given in free in movies. So it's kind of like, wait a minute, you know, you need yeah. to be driving a Volkswagen, not. Not a better car than mine. So yeah, yeah. I, I could see how that would be true. Yeah. Um, so, well, let me ask you a question. When did Jason leave? When did Jason leave Scientology? Yeah. yeah. I want to say the, that. The YouTube thing? Yeah, I'm going to say that was 2007-ish, 2006, 2007-ish. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Tommy was definitely up there when that happened. Because I remember right after the, the Jason went on YouTube and did his whole thing, right? 
Um, yeah, we got to we got to save this for another video okay, because but, but we will. I'm trying. Okay. I'm now tell I'm going to tell okay. you this, people. If okay. you want Jason Begay on this channel on the Blown for Good channel, <laughs> you're going to have to hit up Jason on social media on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, wherever you see Jason Begay in social media. You need to hit him up and say you need to go on uh, SPTV on uh, the BFG channel um, because with Mitch and Mark. With Mitch and Mark, yeah, because it's going to be kind of hard for me to – I'm good friends with Jason, and that's sort of – I want to say if you're like a celebrity and you have – and somebody else has does something in the, in, the, in the YouTube world, it's sort of like not the most – I think it's a little gauche of me to be like, hey, can you come on my channel? So um, – that's a it's a weird it's a weird thing and i've never actually asked jason to do anything like that right. so um i have spoken to him he knows mitch and i are doing this series and he <laughs> yeah. and he may or may not have watched um some yeah. of them but um so yeah we'll see yeah, if we jason can get jason on of, here he was one of the only actors i mean the last time i talked to him was a story we'll tell later at some other time was when tommy davis walked up to me and said the boss, you know, which people called him sketch, which was really, really disgusting. He wants you to call Jason because you guys are friends, and he he's rumored to be going on the Matt, uh, on the, the Today Show with uh, the interview with Matt Lauer, and we want you to call him. The boss wants you to call him and, t and talk him out of it, right? So, and he hands me a recording device. I want you to record the phone call. Blah blah blah. blah. I'll tell you the whole story. I'll tell you right now. I did not. Re I did not record the phone call. For yeah. Two reasons. One is illegal, and the other <laughs> was I. I still consider Jason my friend, even though he left, because I didn't give a shit that he left and spoke out about Scientology. That's his right to do so. Um, yeah. So I just had to be quiet about that. So, but anyway, yeah, that's that's we'll we'll, we'll do that sometime. Nice. Hannah Reynolds says, well, now I know why so many ex-COS people are gingers. They were actively recruited by Mitch's films. Yeah, no, there no, were a lot kid, of ginger. This had yeah, a no, high ginger kid, content. No, but that kid, well, no, I don't think that had anything to do with it because we did so much stuff uh, with, you know, L. Ron Hubbard throughout his life. I'll pull off. I have some. Oh, skills. that's true. Well, that's, but that's true. Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard was a ginger. So the gingers are already like, oh, that's my guy. Yeah, but we didn't ever. I never remember casting somebody because they were a ginger like Elrond. Oh, I know, but Lee Purcell, Ginger. Yeah, but this we showed kid, a bunch of gingers in these pictures. Really, I didn't notice. But some of some of the people yeah. thought that the kid maybe he wasn't a ginger. The star no, thing. but some of these other look, dude, look these people. They got all kinds of gingerness okay. in here. Look at this. Let's see. Let's, yeah, I guess uh, he does look there. like a ginger there. Yeah, he does with that lighting, oh, and also whoa, the gal looks like yeah. a ginger. She, no, you're right, right. Maybe Hubbard. I, oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah he's come on, guy. dude. Yeah, yeah no. I, Johnny didn't look that gingery. No, Johnny was blonde. Yeah, but I don't either know way, why they did this. This is weird. Yeah, okay. Yeah, got some high ginger content I don't there. Even, yeah, it is. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Got copper tone at. Okay, this is the last one we got. It's from uh, Reed. Riley Reed Slatkin, a.k.a. C.O. Bilf. Full OTs do not have asthma. Yeah, tell that to David Miscavige. David Miscavige has an oxygen tank under his desk. Um, yeah. yeah, no. Um, let me just look through the comments in here. Um, uh, Denver Stevo. Let's get Jason McKay here. If not for Mark and Mitch, let's do it for Denver Stevo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Way Plan to get the way to get the troops behind you there, Denver. <laughs> um, 
Catherine Olson says, Mark, you're crazy about gingers too. Nah, just one in particular. That's yeah. all. Well, one, um, I'm not really a big fan of, of uh, hub tart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is a lot of, um, there are a lot of gingers uh, floating around. I, there, uh, there's a thing about gingers being a, um, a recess, is it called a recessive, receding, recessive gene? Rece yeah, yeah. I don't think that's true. I think that I, I see a lot of gingers. I see way more than right. this recessive gene uh, propaganda they're trying to spread around. I call them daywalkers. They steal souls. If you haven't seen the South, uh, South Park episode about gingivitis, <laughs> you need to get on that. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, let's do um, let's do uh, make sure we take care of all the uh, if you if you're watching on the Blown for Good channel. Um, head on over to Mitch's channel at Scientology, the big lie. Um, I saw that new trailer for your book. Oh yeah. I did a cover reveal. Yeah. It's good. Yes. Huh? Very cool. Yeah, very cool. I, if you I haven't seen it, go over to, go over to Mitch's channel. There's a, a, a trailer, a, a cover reveal. Yeah. Uh, for uh, Mitch's book, Scientology, The Big Lie, uh, how he made the uh, evil cult look good. Is that what it is? Is that what the yeah, tagline? Yeah, you got it. You got okay, it. perfect. How I made an evil cult look good. That's very good, Mark. Um, I also have the, the merch store is live. and uh, Nice. And, yeah, it, it, it hasn't shown up on YouTube yet because I need to make sure that I'm not you know, making you know, uh, so, you know, something weird. Uh, trying to sell it on there or something. Yes. They don't, they want to make sure there's no scams in there, but yeah, if you haven't, uh, subscribed to Mitch's channel, head on yeah, over thank there you for and subscribing by the way, like, and subscribe, um, all that good stuff. Um, and, um, yeah, it says Mark probably sees lots of gingers as he looks for them. No, I don't look for them. I, they do stand out, though. And I have a little um, chest plate for to make sure they can't steal my soul if I get near them. And my kids know to cover their souls if we see them, like in the supermarket or in the mall or something. My, my children know how to be prepared. Um, anyway, um, yeah, check out Mitch's channel. And, um, and what are we going to do next? What films do you want to do next, Mitch? Let's give everybody a, a, an idea. What, which one should we do? We did well, EMA. We did. Yeah, I'm, trying, um, yeah, I'm trying to think which ones we have. Let me look at the note here. Yeah, we've got a bunch left, guys, and we've been covering oh, yeah. them. We've been kerchunking through them. Um, but I'm trying to think of another one. I want to save the ones that we could, if we could possibly do get Jason on here, we will do. Um, there's one or two films that we could do cover with him that he did, had like a major part in, like he was the main yeah. star of. Yeah. Well, one he did. Uh, he. He stars throughout the whole film, which is the session. Yeah, TR thirteen. TR thirteen, the session, and then another one, EM one, man, the unfathomable. Yeah, it's one of the words you have to say slowly, or you'll never say it right. There was a picture you sent me. I God, I wish I had it. We'll show it. Well, I promise we'll show it on the next film or the next video we do. When we did a film, when we finished all of the films. When we did, so there's all these TR films and there's all these EM films that L. Ron Hubbard wrote. And in the history of Scientology, no one had ever produced all of them. And that no. was our job was to produce all of the right. technical training films and get them all done just as L. Right. L. Ron Hubbard had directed. And um, when we did that, they oh, we got a big award and we got given – um, we got you know given a bunch yeah. of swag. Yeah. We got big. We spent we spent decades producing these films. They gave us a three hundred dollar jacket, and on yeah. the jacket, depending on how many films you'd worked on, you got a patch. Right. And the funny thing about that TR thirteen film 
is when I escaped, they kept my jacket with <gasps> all my patches, and I had no. worked on and I had worked on every single. You were film. one of the only people that got more than a few patches. I had worked on you every single all. film, either as an actor, as a manufacturing or as the shoot crew chief, or as the pre-production director, or as the producer. In some way or another, I had worked on just about every single film. And they kept my jacket and all my patches. But one of the patches was messed up, and so I got a different, I got a replacement patch for that film, and it was TR-13. And somehow, I have that patch to this day. I still have the patch. But, um, But Mitch... Um, has a photo of all of the patches. I do for all Actually, the films. This is the one. This is the. This is the. Well, it's not going to get close enough to be. Oh, it's going to yeah. be by my face. Yeah, which one's that's that? The, that's the one for the film we did tonight. That's um, TR five. Yes. Yeah, TRs, and then this is the one for TR TR thirteen. Yeah, that's the one I have. I have them all here. Oh my goodness! Anyway, we'll show those, and. Maybe we could do, maybe do, well, let's do, let's maybe do a picture, an ECU of each one. And then that way we can really get some detail on them. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. I'll show Yeah. Some of them are hideous. Extreme close up for you, not uh, in the industry. ECU is extreme close up. Um, That's a toast. I'm going to wear my jacket. I'll wear it next time. Yeah. You know, because I have my jacket. But it doesn't have the patch. It doesn't have any patches sewn on it. No, because I thought it looked really tacky. Yeah, well, if I would have thought the same, I'd have all the patches and no jacket. But I don't have the jacket, and I don't have the patches. I mean, it's a nice jacket if you like Letterman jackets. I mean, you know. I have the exact same one, but a Depeche Mode one. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that I had custom made for myself. Yeah, I mean, I wasted 30 years of my life, and I got this lousy jacket. So, you know. That's That's a good thing. I mean, it's better than nothing. They took all my photos. They took all my stuff. They took anything that had anything to do with Scientology. They kept that, and they sent me all the other stuff. But for some weird reason, they sent me this single patch by itself. I was like, oh, what's this? I didn't even know I had this. Anyway. That's enough. It's been an hour and a half. We need to end this thing. Yeah, um, okay. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, if you hit, uh, if you haven't liked and subscribed, that would really help us out um, and uh, get this out to more people. Um, we will figure out what our next film is, and we will get that one um, going. And then um, tomorrow, if you're watching this live, um, it's uh, the beginning of November and we are doing a, a, a bunch of videos tomorrow, which is Friday. And we're doing a bunch of videos on Saturday because that's when um, they're going to have this big Scientology event and, a, and, a, and also a Scientology protest in England at the, uh, the advanced organization of St. Hill in um, United Kingdom. So uh, more to come. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait. There'll be all kinds of excitement happening with that. And um, there might even be some OSA nonsense that might happen. I'm pretty sure um, there's going to be nonsense. If it's OSA or just Scientology, regular old, plain old Scientology nonsense, there will be nonsense. I guarantee you. Um, And we'll tell you about it. So um, thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody who's here till the very end. And we will see you next time.